Yes, they are, and I'm excited. I'm excited for the Dolphins this year, and football season is here. Uh, if you guys are enjoying it, I'm just ready for fall weather to catch up, right? So it's been teasing us a couple of days here and there, just nice weather, and then, uh, then it gets just nasty, hot, and miserable. So you got to love Virginia in this time of year where it just gives you a taste of heaven and then smacks you in the face with reality. But then you step into heaven and it's good for a while, right? I mean, honestly, even with all the humidity this summer, I would take Virginia weather over most places um, because, man, you get four good seasons, right? You have four all good seasons. They're nice. They're beautiful. And uh, so anyway, so yeah, fall's here. Football's here. Excited about that. Good to see you this morning. See all of your beautiful smiling faces. Excited that you're here and uh, pumped about today. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up our sermon series today um, on Why Saturday, which we've been talking about that. Before I do that, forgot I had these. I want to do uh, some giveaways. We have some... Um, We have some magnets for our cars now so that we've purchased, all right? And so uh, what we're doing is we're going to sell these for what we paid for them. We paid $2 a piece for these, and so we're just selling them for that. And so um, we're just doing cash only and and no change, just to keep it simple. Um, So that way when I'm counting the money and stuff like that, I'm not good at math. And so, um, so, no, we're just doing it to actually help um, to raise a little bit of money so we can keep doing stuff like this. We'd like to do bumper stickers or magnets. We'd like to do shirts and stuff like that. And so so they're $2 a piece, no change change cash only so that's what we got going on and so this morning I want to give away two real quick I'm going to give away one to Mr. Ricky back here Um, simply because I just love that guy there is no other reason and that's the way God works sometimes he gives us things just because he loves us and I simply just love Ricky he's an awesome guy my kids love him nobody works harder than that guy he's got an amazing heart he's marrying a great girl in a month so yeah Pretty awesome stuff right there. So, yeah. The other one I want to give away today is Mr. Zach Kuhn. Zach Kuhn. This guy has been traveling and uh, doing all that he can to keep the Coast Guard up and running all around the country. I mean, this guy has been everywhere. And so we thank you for your service. And uh, we know that traveling puts a strain on your family and just on you personally and physically. And uh, so I just want to say thank you for all that you do, man, for this country, for this church. We love you to death, dude. So glad that you're here this morning. Well, hey, so uh, this sermon series, Why Saturday? So we're moving to Saturdays. If you don't know, we're moving to Saturday night, September 5th. And so, um, so we're excited about that here at Williamsburg. As of January, we will have three campuses, and all three campuses will be Saturday night services. And so, so we are going to be a solely Saturday night church uh, for now, and we are excited about that and excited about what God's doing in us and through us as we step into the season and, and the way that we're um, going to be experiencing him. And so we're going to be moving into the New, uh, Newtown United Methodist Church, which is on Monticello, uh, which I don't know if you've noticed or not, I've started seeing Monticello. And I got reminded uh, by the Holy Spirit earlier, um, a couple weeks ago, that when I first moved here, I said, I will never say Monticello. I will always say Monticello. I said that, right? And God has worked in me. He's developed my character and changed my heart. And now I say Monticello. So anyway, so, um, so, uh, so Newtown United Methodist is on Monticello. And, um, and, and, and as many of you know, this has just been a God conversation of how this thing has worked out. It's God's timing is how this has worked out. And it, it's a beautiful just story of what God does in giving something to you to dream about, to hope for, to hold on to. And um, it's also to just God just working out his 
purposes and just revealing himself in unique ways. And it's been so much fun um, just to experience God as we go through all of this journey and moving into Newtown United Methodist. And so we've just been taking some time to talk about why we are moving uh, into Newtown United Methodist. And so uh, we're going to finish talking up about that today. But before we do, I'm going to take one more break here real quick. And uh, we're going to take a second and we're going to pray for um, Anna Beth. Um, Elise is, um, she works in the office with us and does our bookkeeping. And uh, Elise, she's just such a gift to this church. And uh, we love her and her big personality. And she, her, all the laughs that she gives us in the office and in church. And uh, she's such an amazing person. And uh, Annabeth, um, her daughter, uh, she's been coming for the past couple weeks. I got to work with Annabeth at um, Second Street Bistro. And uh, so we worked together at the restaurant for a while. So I've known Annabeth for a while too. Uh, she and her boyfriend and son were in a car accident this week. And uh, Annabeth is in the hospital right now. And uh, she's facing a lot of difficulties. And she's got a lot of severe injuries. And, um, and so uh, her boyfriend's still in the hospital, uh, Noah. Um, God protected him, just got a little cu- couple scrapes and some things like that. Um, but it was a very serious accident. And so we want to pray this morning for Annabeth and Devin and uh, just lift up them and their situation to God right now. So I um, hope you don't mind, Elise, but we're going to have some people come around you, lay hands on you uh, in their stead. And uh, we're going to pray for you and Chris as well, that God's peace will be with you and that his strength will be in you. Father, we come to you right now. You you know the situation. You know the circumstances. God, you knew this was coming. You knew all of the realities that they were going to face. So we come to you right now as our sovereign God. We come to you knowing, Lord, that you were not caught off guard, that you have a plan, that you have a will, and you have a way. Father, we do come to you right now with heavy hearts. Because though you knew and though you were prepared, we did not know and we were not prepared. And there are things that this family's walking through. There are things that we as friends and church family, we're walking through with them that causes confusion, causes questions. God, ultimately, I know, Lord, that Elise and Chris are standing firm in their faith. And even she's here this morning knowing that you're a God who provides. You're a God who is there with them, that her faith is strong. But God, at the same time, there are moments even like this, God, where we desperately need more and more of you. And so, Father, right now, I pray for specifically for Elise and Chris. God, I pray right now that in your Holy Spirit that you will give them peace and strength that exceeds all understanding. God, I pray, Lord, that you just help them right now, Lord, that though they are standing strong in their faith, Lord, that they be okay to to question, that they be okay to be honest and real with you. But God, that they never lose their confidence in you as their Lord, as their provider, as their God. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that even in this, Lord, that you solidify in their hearts that they are yours and you are theirs. Father, we thank you for that. God, we pray right now for Annabeth. God, we pray right now, Lord, that you do something supernatural, that you do something divine. God, though it is difficult, God, it is difficult to believe that you can do it. 
And in our minds, we know it, but God, in reality, we struggle with it. But God, right now, in all faith, knowing that you can do all things, that there is nothing that you cannot do, that you have created her body, that you knew who she was even before she was in her mother's womb. God, that you can fix and you can restore all things. And God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the body of Annabeth and Devin, that you do something miraculous, something that points to your glory, something that points to who you are, that you are divinely working in this day. So God, we pray in faith that you do this in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray, Lord, that, that as you work these things out in your will, God, that you give us the strength, that you give them the strength. God, just to continue to walk in your goodness. Help them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, to discover you, to know you, to turn to you. God, that maybe from this moment on, God, that they will walk with their eyes set on you and their hearts sure that they are yours. God, we thank you for that. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for taking some time to pray, church. We're gonna be a praying church as long as we're a church, amen? amen? Believing that God can do the supernatural, is doing the supernatural, and will. And if anything, man, these moments are so huge for us just to know, you know, that you have a church that loves you and that's here to support you and stand behind you. And uh, I know for them that's been one of the biggest things that, um, you know, is, is good to know. You know, like, we're, we're going to feed them, right? At some point, we're going to do a meal tray for them, and Chris says hallelujah. And so, uh, so we're going to do we're gonna all that stuff. But the most important thing we can do is pray and just believe and, uh, and just be there to support them in every way. So keep lifting them up. Uh, they got a long road ahead of them. So keep lifting them up and encouraging them uh, anytime you can. So thank you for that. All right, so... Why Saturday? So the reason that we have decided that we are moving to Saturday here in Winsburg and that we have been at Saturday in Newport News is, is because we believe that God's given us a story to tell and he's given us a way to tell that story. And so here in Winsburg, us moving to Saturday, it helps to, to solidify the narrative and the mission for us as a church and give us a clear distinctive. So who are we as a church? Who has God called us to be as a church? And how has he called us to do that? And so for us, we've kind of been talking and walking through some things as a church, what that means for us here at the Williamsburg campus that we want to make sure that's in our hearts, that's in our minds. We want to keep reminding ourselves of these things so that we can stay focused. We do not want to get into a place where we're saying we're on Saturday nights because we were tired of being in the YMCA, right? Uh, we clearly spoke and talked about the very first week that we jumped into the sermon series. If the reason that we're moving out of the YMCA YMCA is because we're tired of laying down carpet and setting up chairs, then we're going to stay in the YMCA. We're not moving out of the YMCA for comfort. We're moving out of the YMCA and into a place uh, of, of, uh, that God has created for us so that we can be kingdom focused. That we want to be unified with other churches. We believe and we have a, a desire as a church to be a church that helps to foster unity amongst local churches. That wherever we are, wherever we have campus landed, uh, that wherever we land other campuses, that we are going to have a focus, a determination that other churches are going to work together. That we want to make sure that we're working shoulder to shoulder with other churches. To understand that they have differences. They're going to have distinct differences. That we can celebrate those distinct differences because there is one thing that supersedes all of our differences that we believe in and that we are unified in, which is that Jesus is Lord and Savior and that God sent him to save us through the cross. 
And, and that, that is what we should be unified around. And if the church globally could come around that, be unified around that, our differences will become smaller and smaller. Jesus will become bigger and bigger. And the world's going to look and say, that's different. I want to be a part of that. I need some of that in my life. And why, 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 why can I so emphatically say it? Because that's what Jesus prayed for us in John chapter 17. He prayed that we be known by the unity and the love that we have for each other. That he and the Father and the Holy Spirit are so unified that he prayed that we experience the same type of unity and that that unity be what causes people to say God is real and the gospel that they preach is true. And we want to make sure that we're fostering that in the community and fostering that here in the church, that we're unified, that we have a kingdom focus. What is our kingdom focus? That Jesus came to reach and save the lost. That's what our kingdom focus is. And so we want to be actively reaching those that are discipled, those that are undevoted, and those that are disconnected. And so those are the words that we kind of use to, to, to describe where people are in their journey with God, that there are people that are undevoted. They have no relationship with God. They're not concerned about God's will for their life. They're not concerned about any of that stuff. But we know and we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world, that he is the source of life and he is the source of truth. And if you are not devoted to him, then you will never walk in the purposes he has for you or the fulfillment and the full life that can be found in Jesus Christ. If you were disconnected, you were once a part of a church and now you've gotten hurt by the church or disenfranchised or, or, or whatever it might be for you and you're disconnected, you're just kind of out there on your own, maybe caring about God, not caring about God, but you're not a part of an active community seeking God together with other people, that you're putting yourself in a place of danger and harm's way when you're not unified with the body and you need to be reconnected with the body, with the church and we want to reach out to those people. We want to connect with those people and disciple them. We don't want to take people from other churches. We do not want to be sheep movers, right? But we also know that there's people that are moving to the community that need to find a church, that have a strong faith, that have a strong relationship with God. But we also know there's people, too, that are in other churches that maybe they're not growing or being fulfilled or used to the greatness or the capacity that God has given them or called them to. And either maybe you, and we've had people that have moved from this church to another church so that God could use them to a greater level, and we believe that's going to happen. But we want to be a church that's actively reaching. Wherever people are, we want to be reaching people to engage them in life through Jesus Christ. And we want to be creating room for rest. So Saturday nights creates a practical way for us to say you have no reason not to rest anymore. Still today, our culture by and large protects Sundays. So for right now, for the most part, extracurricular activities of sports and different things, though it's starting to creep a little bit into Sundays, that for by and large, you get to control your Sunday, what you do on Sunday and what you don't do on Sunday. You get to control that by and large. And so what we're saying is, is we want to create a, a place, a day, where you can completely just rest and be committed. 
See, we want to be a church that makes sure that we are not fracturing the family, but we're helping people to find that place of rest where they're able to find a place where they can say, I'm committed to God and I'm committed to the church. We know that oftentimes at the church, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, that we just fill up people's lives with expectations and demands and all these things. And then culturally, this, you know, the world is doing the same thing. And so people sometimes, we just get tired. We just get worried. I can't do it. We pick and choose what we want to do. And we're saying you need to be full on in church, full on in life, and you need a day so that you can rest, so that you can do those things. And so this is just the way we're doing it. Should every church do this? No. Should there be a lot of churches that meet on Sundays? Most definitely. Are we saying they're wrong for doing that? Absolutely not. Are we saying that we're better for doing it? Absolutely not. But we'll sleep in good on Sundays. <laughs> so, so creating this room for rest, why is it important? So in our, in our sermon series called Super, a couple weeks ago, we did a sermon series called Overworking. And we walked through some practical ways that we should Sabbath, that we should take a day of rest in the Lord. And so we walked through that. You can go back and listen to that podcast. Um, it, it's there and it's available for you. I don't want to go long into that today, but what I just really felt like God was just speaking to us specifically for today and for the series as we get ready to move into Saturdays is how do we guard ourselves and now having a day of rest. Like, how, how do I protect myself? And how do I fully get the most out of this day of rest? And so there are things that we should do or know in the sense of, uh, of how I'm supposed to Sabbath. And we're going to keep teaching on that repeatedly and regularly uh, because that's just something that we need to do. But I just wanted today just to talk about how we should protect ourselves in this day of rest. And the reason I say how we should protect ourselves or why I think this is so important is because just in our human nature, just the reality of, of who we are as people, that there's, there's, there's two tendencies that are often at tension with one another in our lives. And, and this first tendency that, that is there is this tendency to overwork and to think too much of our own work. It's this tendency within us that we just, we feel like if I could just give more time to it, if I could just put more energy to it, if I could just put more money into it, if I could just, you know, we just think a lot of our work and we, our tendency is to put ourselves in to work too much. And we think that it's a modern revelation that we work too much. But working too much has been a part of society since man has been here. It's our tendency to think too much of what we can do and to not trust in what God has done or what God can do or what we can do collectively together better. It's our tendency to think I can do it better or I, I, I'm more aware of it or I'm the only one that cares this much. And so we think too much of our work. Henry Ford, I know many of you know who Henry Ford is, right? All right. All right, and uh, I'm not the biggest fan of his work right now. Um, I, our Ford Focus, uh, it was way too much work to change just a light bulb. I was so frustrated at that. But anyways, maybe I can't blame him for that, right? But um, so Henry Ford back in the 20s, it was, it was such a tendency for the, for the, culturally for people just to be overworking and just be committed. They worked uh, anywhere from 60 hours to 80 hours a week, six days a week back in the 20s. You know, when, you, when we think back in the 20s, we think, man, they just, you know, they worked a little bit. They didn't have much to do. They just sat there and just kind of on the porch and enjoyed the breeze. No, they worked a lot. They, in fact, they overworked themselves. Henry Ford kind of accredited himself with creating the 40-hour work week where he realized that if I give people a time to rest and said, if you're only working eight hours a day for five uh, days out of the week instead of six and working 10 to 15 hours in those six days that he could actually increase his productivity substantially. And so 
he went through and did all these studies and actually tested it out and did all these studies and stuff over 12 years and found out if you give people a chance to rest, they can actually be more productive. So Henry Ford, you know, he kind of discovered this, but this is something that's been going on. It's been a reality in all of us for the longest amount of time. I was even laughing just, uh, I saw on Stephanie's um, uh, Facebook yesterday um, a couple of really funny posts. One of them uh, we were going to put up there about her needing coffee, but I said her not to. Um, But... um, (laughs) But, you know, I saw the post and they said, hey, this is how we do Saturdays. And it was pictures of them and they said family day and and all this different stuff. And then she put these hashtags. She put slow down, rest, Sabbath, I want to know more. Right? And so, because she was like, hey, this is how we do Saturdays. And she goes, well, not usually, actually. You know? And she's like, this is how we rest. This is how we do family time. Well, actually, not really. I want to know more. Right? And so there's a sense that, man, we, we do. We've got all this going on. And so we're excited. We're expecting and waiting, right, to, to move into this opportunity of rest. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time today talking about the fact that we overwork because we already did that. And most of us, 98% of us that are sitting in the room right now, we're waiting for September 6th, right? Our first Sunday where we just get to sleep in and just have a day of rest. We are waiting for that. You're going to just hear a loud thunderous roar from Williamsburg just going down 64. <laughs> as people slowly wake up from 10 to 12, somewhere in there. So I'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking about today, today, but I do know another reality that's this other side of us that's, that's present in us is that we tend to overindulge in our newly discovered freedoms. And, and so we, we work a ton, but then at the same time we start discovering new freedoms and this new freedom of rest and Sabbathing it could be a place that if, it, since it's a new freedom, it could be a place where we just overindulge in it in the wrong way, and it leads us to a place of harm. Think about it this way, all right? Have you ever seen a kid eat their first birthday cake? Right? Right? There's hesitancy, you know, just a little bit. I'm not sure what I should do. Like both of our kids, we had to take their hands and put it in the cake for them. You know, because Michelle had beat into them, no messes, don't make a mess, you know, like all this different stuff. And so we had to put their hands into the cake. From that moment on, what was it? Cake everywhere. Icing everywhere, in their hair, up their noses. You feel like you're cleaning it out for a week, you know, like, because they were just like, what? I can do this? Ah! Right? They're just like, this is awesome. Think about, you know, just you think about a kid. The first time they do anything like that, they get into a place where they feel the sense of freedom they've never had before, and they just go crazy with it. They go insane with it. I remember this is a bad example, but it's kind of funny, so just roll with it. If this bothers you, maybe you won't enjoy my preaching. All right, so. So I remember when I was a teenager, I remember we had this, uh, I had a friend that lived right across the street from me. Uh, we hung out some, but not a lot. And, uh, but one day I remember him and his dad were going out for a bike ride and they asked me to go on a bike ride with them, uh, which was my first experience as, as, at a road bike, like bike ride. For me, bike ride was let's ride down to the gas station, let's ride around the block. For them, it's let's do 34 miles, right? And I was like, huh. <laughs> about mile eight, I was just like, are your legs supposed to feel like this? <laughs> like, I didn't bring water, you know, like just, just basic things, you know. And so, I, I, and I'm a teenager and just whatever. But I remember when we were there and then after we got done bike riding and, and all this different stuff, I got to know his dad. I never hung around his dad. I never got to connect with his dad. And, and, uh, and so after that, we went to a football game. And, uh, and went out to a football game, and we were there at the football game watching the game and stuff, and, and we were riding out in the car. And, and this whole time, I started to pick up and notice that uh, my friend Matt, that he, um, he, he was 
pretty free with his vocabulary with his dad in the car, right? And so uh, he said choice words, right? Are you tracking with me on that? And so I, as the day went on and on, I, I started getting a little bit braver just to see, I've never cussed in front of an adult before, <laughs> right? And so, and so I, I, I said a word and nobody said anything. And I was like, well, that was kind of cool. And then I said another word, and then I said another word, and then by the end of it, I was not making any sense, and I was saying words just because I wanted to say words, right? And it made no sense, and I sounded like an absolute idiot, and his dad never let me hang out with him again. But so, like, I was unaware, but it was just this moment where you step into, and you can think of moments that are ridiculous like that or practical. There's moments where you step into it, you sense this freedom, and then you can just be like, ah, ah, and you just kind of lose yourself in it, Right? And, and so this day of Sabbathing, this day of resting, this day of resting, it's so important for us. And it's going to be a huge game changer. It's going to be a life-changing event in our lives. But we got to remember and we got to be aware of the fact that Sabbathing has a purpose. There's a purpose in how we're supposed to rest and there's a pace in how we're supposed to do that. So let's look at the purpose first. I'm going to read you this quote from Tim Keller. That way, if you don't hear anything else intelligent, you've heard this. The purpose of Sabbath is not simply to rejuvenate yourself in order to do more production, nor is it the pursuit of pleasure. The purpose of Sabbath is to enjoy your God, life in general, what you have accomplished in the world through his help, and the freedom you have in the gospel, the freedom from slavery to any material object or human expectation. The Sabbath is a sign of the hope that we have in the world to come. If you've got your Bibles open or if you're following along in the Bible app, you can go to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. It says this, and I'm reading out of the New English translation, and I'll tell you why here in a second. But it says this, Consequently, a Sabbath rest remains for the people of God. For the one who enters God's rest has also rested from his works, just as God did from his own works. Now, when you go through and look at this, most every translation, except for the New Living Translation, it says remains. This remains. And a lot of times in our teaching, a lot of times in commentaries, a lot of times in different places, when we read this, it, it always points to a future state. And I think that we lose a huge understanding and the significance of what is being taught here and what is being referred to here if we only think of this rest remaining for us in a future state. What we should see and understand here and see the significance of that's being taught here is that there is a rest to come, which is heaven. But the context of this passage, it points to the truth that faith, not death, is how we experience and know Christ rest. That we are to enter into rest, the rest that Jesus has made available to us through dying on the cross. Yes, we get to go to heaven one day, but we're also able to know that rest today because we have faith in him. It's not something that we have to wait for and hold off for until we die or that he returns, but that I can know today the rest, and I can know today his grace and his mercy, that I can know today that God is in control, 
that I can be sure, that I can be aware, that I can be confident that God is with me today, that I, in the worst of moments, that I now have to sit there and go, man, I hope God works these things out, and at least one day I don't have to deal with it. But I can know today, in the worst of moments, in the worst of situations, that God cares for me, that God loves me, and that God is going to provide for me that I'm going to be able to speak with hope to my situations, that I'm going to be able to step in other people's situations, and I'm going to be able to speak hope to them, that we can find a rest, we can find an assurance, a security, that Jesus is who we believe him to be. That Jesus has done what we believe he has done. And so we look at this passage, and we can see two things, that there is this reality, that there is God's divine rest, that God himself on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. That God set all things in motion, that what God wanted to do, what God set in motion, what God wants to accomplish, it was done and he rested from that work. And so we can look at it that God's divinity, that there are things that we will yet know. There are things that we will yet experience in God's rest. That there will be a moment and there will be a time in which we are able to rest and no rest that much more fuller because we're in heaven and we're in God's presence. So in this moment and in this time now, there are gonna be situations that we go through in life where there are inner, inner wrestlings and inner struggles, where God himself, what he wanted to have happen, what he willed to have happen, it's done. But for us, how many of you ever change your mind on something? How many ever you know what you should do and you do the complete opposite? There's always going to be these inner struggles. There's going to be these inner battles that are within us. One day when we're in heaven, that will be gone. One day when we're in his presence, we will be at rest in his divine will and his divine purpose. We will know what he wants us to know. We'll do what he wants us to do. We'll act the way he wants us to act. And there will not be this inner battle raging on the inside of us any longer. We'll be alive when we have things to do, when we do work. I mean, you know there's going to be work for us to do in heaven. How many of you guys know that? We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but there's going to be work for us to do in heaven. But when we do that work, we're not going to be beat up, tired, sore, angry, and mad when we do it. We're going to be refreshed. We're going to be rejuvenated. We're, when we do work, we're going to do some serious stuff. And when we get done with that stuff, we're going to be like we've never done any work before. How many of you experience that now? When you do work, you go out and cut the grass, do you feel better afterwards? Maybe mentally, maybe emotionally a little bit, but your body's tired, your body's wore out, right? That's not gonna exist anymore. There's all kinds of different things that are going on. We're in heaven, we're gonna be able to love effortlessly. How many of you can love effortlessly right now, right? How many of you are good at that? You don't put any conditions on your love at all, right? You're just, you just love like Jesus loves. You guys are awesome. We're gonna be able to know things without learning. But right now, we can experience the finished work of Jesus Christ in our lives now. See, God's work that he set out to create, his will and his purposes, he rested from that and saw that it was good. But he also knew there was a redemptive work that needed to be done. And so he sent Jesus to do the redemptive work. And when Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the grave, guess what? His redemptive work was done. It was finished. It is continuing. It is going out in the sense that we are receiving it and understanding it, but his work was done. And Jesus went to heaven and he's sitting at the right hand side of God right now and he is in his ultimate Sabbath. He's in his everyday Sabbath. He's in heaven right now enjoying the work that is done. And because of that, we're able to now experience and get a taste 
of what will be. In this life right now, we are not going to be able to go through and we're not going to be able to you know, have these moments where we're completely just, just in unison with God's will and we don't have bad thoughts and bad attitudes and bad desires. But in those moments when we're at odds with ourselves and we're just frustrated and things are going on, we can know and have a sense that we are fixed on God's will through Christ. That we are firm, that we are sure, that though these things are going on in the inside of me, yet I still know that God's will and his desire for my character are being shaped within me. That I can know that even though there's moments when I fail, even when I do the dumb things, even when I say the wrong things, when I don't parent the way that I should, or I don't lead the way that I should, or, or, or these different things that come up, even in those moments, whether I intentionally did it or unintentionally did it, in those moments, I can look at it and still know that God is at work in me and he's making me and shaping me to be the man that he wants me to be. That you could do the same thing, that we can have that sense of rest now, that I'm not perfect. I will be one day, but at the same time, I can look and see I'm not the same. I'm a totally different person. That God is working in me. I can see that and I can find rest in that. Our work, whether it be our life or our relationships, it's not just your job work, it's your life work. Like, how many you know, is your marriage sometimes work, right? Sometimes it's work. Maybe husbands, you don't want to raise your hand because you're like, you know, you don't want to get a smack. It's work. And if it's not work, if it's, if you're not working on it, right? If you're not working on it, I'm just telling you, you're missing out, right? It's work. There's going to be some things that you labor in. How I many you know it's work to parent well, right? It's work to raise those little demons, right? It's work. That work, our job work, our character work, our spiritual work, it can leave us exhausted, it can leave us deprived, it can leave us wore out. But how many of you know at the same time, in the midst of all the turmoil that life can throw us and all of the chaos and all of the troubles that we can face, that after all of that is done, that we can still sense and know and have a sense of rest and peace in our heart, that the core of who we are is not troubled and it's at rest and at peace that Jesus is in control. We, we can know that type of rest. We can experience that type of rest. Is that we can, even now, that we can become better at loving people. We can become better at being compassionate and kind and considerate. That we can become more generous. Why? Because Jesus has already accomplished the work that needs to be done. And then through him, we're able to do that stuff. And that work, we can see now, there will be a day. There will be a day when you can look around this room right now, and the worst of us in this room, and you're probably looking at him right now, Right? is gonna be perfectly generous. It's gonna be perfectly kind, perfectly loving. But how many of you know I'm not that right now? But that doesn't mean that I just don't try. That doesn't mean that I don't get worried about it. That doesn't mean that I don't put forth effort to be who God wants me to be. I put forth effort. I do the work that God wants me to do, not because I'm gonna be perfect at it, but because he's perfect and he's gonna continue perfecting me until one day I'm in heaven. And then I can find rest in the fact that I'm more of who he wants me to be and he's shaping me to be those things. And so a Sabbath, it has a purpose and its purpose is to give us a day where we just stop and we rest and we look at the work that Christ is doing and has done and we allow that propel us into what he has for us next. That when we take a day of Sabbath, when we take a day of rest, its purpose is to remind us that Jesus came, that Jesus died, and that Jesus rose from the grave. And because of the work that he did, he has started a work in us, and he's going to finish that work in us. It's a chance for us to stop, to look, and say, wow, 
I remember how I used to respond. You can go back and look at your week over and you can see all the situations when you got a random flat tire or your boss yelled at you or your kids did something crazy. You, you can look at the moments where you gave generously and you saw a missionary able to use that money to start a new church or to reach a family in the Dominican Republic. You, you can look at the moments where you, you prayed for somebody and you can see what God did through them and, and then you saw them come to church because you invited them. You can, you can look at all of the moments and you stop and you have a day and you say, God, I see the work you're doing. I see the work you're doing in me and I see the work you're doing through me and it gives you the sense of excitement. It gives you the sense of purpose to know that God is at work in your life. Sabbathing has a purpose and it has a pace. One of the biggest rules uh, for us, I'm going I'm to, here, let me ask you this question real quick before I get into this. I'm going to ask you a little uh, question of participation. Uh, I don't do these as much as Pastor Fred does because he's so good at them and it embarrasses me. But so how many of you, what, what do you think heaven's going to be like? This is a big weighty question. What do you think heaven's going to be like? What do you think, what do you think we're going to do in heaven? Anybody got any ideas? Any comments? You can speak out. You know, we do this a lot. Hey, Sarah? Huh? No deadlines. <laughs> That's awesome. No deadlines. Zach? Huh? Reunite. Terrence? No humidity. <laughs> Don? Continuous praise. Continuous praise. Anybody else? There you go. Yeah. So, so relationship and conversations. That's going to be good stuff right there, right? Anybody else? Love. That's awesome. So, so in your mind, try to think of what heaven will be like. In the best of your mind. Now, you, you need to continue in growing in this and studying scripture. Are we ever going to fully know what heaven's like until we're there? Absolutely not. But as we go through scripture and as we study and as we seek God, we can get a sense of what we feel like and what we believe heaven's going to be like. In your day of Sabbathing, your day of resting, what you should begin to do now is to find us a way for you to begin to now practice what you believe heaven's going to be like. If you can, in this day and in this life and in, in one of your seven days, just stop and get a full taste of what you believe heaven's going to be like. Can you imagine how that's going to impact the rest of your six days? It's going to change the way you think. It's going to change the way that you approach things. So I wrote down some things that I, I think about when I think about Sabbathine. I think about, or when I think about heaven, that there is going to be work for us to do. I, I believe that we're going to have work and I believe we're going to have jobs. I think some of them are going to be practical jobs. Like, I mean, I, I, I love woodworking. Jesus was a carpenter. I hope one day I get to build something stinking awesome with Jesus and Noah, right? I mean, how fun would that be, you know? Me, my dad, my grandfather, Jesus and Noah building something awesome, right? I mean, like, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to experience that. That's going to be fun, you know? There's going to be work for us to do. There's going to be practical things for us to do. But as of now, here on this earth, and in all of eternity, our main work is going to be to declare the glory of God. That's going to be our work. And that is our work, is to declare the glory, to shout the name of Jesus in all of the universe. That is our work, and that will continue to be our work. And I should be on my Sabbathing, on my resting day, I should be extra intentional. 
about the work of declaring God's goodness. Maybe that's done through something real. Maybe that's not because I do love word working and I love building things. And so there's so many times on my day off or, or I build something because it helps me to connect with God. It just refreshes my soul. It's physical labor, but it refreshes my soul and it, it helps me to think of his goodness and it helps me to think of what I've come from when I start thinking about my family and the heritage and I start thinking about, I look and see who God is and I see what he's done in my life. I see how he's changed me. I see how he's protected me and I'm able to worship him. I just find myself as I'm sanding, or well, not as I'm sanding because I still hate sanding, but as I'm cutting and as I'm measuring and as I'm putting things together and as I'm staining or as I'm painting, like I find myself just worshiping God. Right? Because God is a good God. He's a glorious God. Our work is to give God praise. Our work is to show his glory and his goodness to the world. I should take time on my day of Sabbathing to declare his goodness and show his mercy. That's what I should do. I need to do that because that's what I'm going to do for all of eternity. So I want to get really good at it now. So I'm really awesome at it there, right? I want to take some time doing that. There are going to be things in heaven that bring you joy. Right? There are going to be things in heaven that are going to continually bring his joy. We're going to see what God really intended for his creation to be. All right? You think rainbows are beautiful now. You think the ocean is amazing now. You think sunsets are glorious now. Wait until we fully see the way God wants things to be. The way he intended things to be. What he wants his creation to be without taint of sin and without all of these things. We should be expecting a marvelous thing, right? This is going to bring us joy and delight just to know how good and powerful and amazing God is. There's going to be relationships that bring us joy. A relationship with God. A relationship with, with others. There are going to be things that in, in those relationships that bring us joy. There's going to be food. There's going to be really good food in heaven, right? And if you don't believe that, I'm sorry for you, but I believe it. <laughs> it's going to be there. And if it's not there, then whatever, Jesus there will be happy. But I believe it's going to be there. And I believe it's going to be some of the best food that I've ever eaten in my life. And I believe that it's going to bring me immense joy as I sit around this table and I see each one of you and I see Jesus and I see my family and I see all of these people that I now know and that we see God's purposes and we're sitting there just celebrating and eating good food that God promised to us. I can't wait for that moment. It's gonna bring us joy, life, just the fact, of, the fact that we're with God and we're doing his will and fulfilling his purposes and we're, we're ruling the way he wants us to and we're worshiping to the capacity that he's given us. We're, we're using our gifts and we're in all knowledge of what he wants of us and what we should be doing. All of these things, it's just life is gonna bring us joy. Why can't I find joy in those things now? Why can't I work and, and practice on my day of Sabbathing to find joy in the things that I have now? To find joy and, and, and sense of gratitude in the fact that I have the food that I have now. I mean, one day I'm going to be eating lamb. I don't even really like lamb right now, but I'm going to love it one day because it's going to be so good. I, I'm going to eat the best crab cakes I've ever had in my life, right? I believe all of that, right? Right now I just might be eating pizza rolls, but can I not just find joy and goodness that at one, I've learned finally at the age of 35 how to eat a pizza roll without melting my mouth. <laughs> and that pizza rolls are actually pretty good, <laughs> Right? 
Just find joy in what I have and find joy in the life that he's given me. Find joy in his creation now. Find joy in all of these things now. If I don't do these things, I'm going to put myself in a place where I begin to overindulge in the things that I want to do. Overindulge in the sense of, of, of the way I want to live. I want to set myself up now to continue to grow in the ways and the things that God has for me. And so this day of resting, this day of Sabbathing, it gives us a chance to practice. It gives us a chance to put into place the things that matter. That we have a life in Christ and that life in Christ looks and works a certain way. And I don't want it just to be on the day that I'm in church or the hour and a half that I'm in church. I want it to be my entire life. So I want to set those things up. I want to put those things deep into my soul so that when I go into Monday, that my Monday looks different because I took a day of rest on Sunday and said these are the things that matter to God and I'm going to make sure they're the things that matter to me. So we have to take our time and to go through this. I don't know what just happened here, but I lost my notes. So we need to go through this and we need to take some time to rest and to understand that there's a pace to Sabbathing. There's a way to Sabbathing. My, my, my concern is, and, and my, my pastoral care, and not worry, but concern for you is, and for me, is that we get into a place where we just say, whew, Sundays, and we just don't do anything related to spiritual growth. We don't do anything related to spiritual responsibility. We don't do anything related to understanding and experiencing God's work and his will in our life. We, we should take time on this day of rest. We should take time on this day to instill in our hearts that he is our God and that we are his children, that he's chosen us and that he's redeemed us for our work now and forever. And we should take time on that day not to rest from the work that we've just finished, but to find ourselves resting in Christ to be prepared for the work that he has before us. Amen. That's what this day of rest should be about. And, and so our tendency is going to be that we either put it off because we love work too much, or our tendency is going to be is that I'm just going to rest the way that I want to rest, and I'm just going to do all the things that I want to do, and I'm not ever going to think about God on Sunday. If we get ourselves in that place, either way, we're gonna be off kilter. So am, am I saying to, to not do things that you enjoy? No, I just said find joy in the things. If you love doing things with your family that are active, that other people would say, that's a lot of work. Go and do it, right? But I'm just saying take time to instill in your heart and say the reason that I'm here, the reason that I'm supposed to Sabbath, the reason I'm supposed to rest is because Jesus has made it so that I can know rest. And it's not just from not working. It's rest in my soul. It's rest knowing that I have a place in his purposes, in his will now and for all of eternity. That there's gonna be a time when I don't have to worry. There's gonna be a time that I don't have to suffer. There's gonna be a time where there's no more pain. There's gonna be a time where I know all that he wants me to know and relationships are gonna be exactly what he wants them to be. There's gonna be a time when there's no sin. There's gonna be a time when there's just none of that stuff. But I don't just have to sit here waiting and putting off that future. I can know and experience and taste that now. So I want to take time on my Sunday to pray with my family. 
I, I wanna take time to worship with my family. I, I wanna take time to wake up early on a Sunday morning and go and watch a sunset just so that I can marvel at God's power and his beauty. I, I wanna take time to hang out with people in the church. I want to have barbecues with you guys, and I want to have times where we're out on the river together. I want to have times where we're playing cornhole together and, and, and all of that stuff, and not just binging on Netflix, because community matters to God, and, and being connected with others and being in relationship with others is how I'm going to spend eternity. I want to know how to do it now. I want to get a taste of what heaven looks like in the future, and I can do that now. That's the rest that he has for us, that, that I'm not out doing this life on my own, one of the things we talked about when we were talking about kingdom focused and in the first week when we talked about actively reaching, one of the things we talked about is, is that we've privatized our faith, that we, that we got this thing that I'm working this thing out with God and, and, and I can just do that on my own. And that's not the way it is. And Pastor Fred did a great job teaching on this last night, way better than I did, so I'm gonna point you to his podcast, right? And go listen to that, that we're supposed to be in community together. That there is a sense that we're supposed to be doing life together and being pulled together. That actually helps us to know and experience the heaven that God wants us to know for all of eternity now. That I don't have to walk in my ignorance. I don't have to walk in my selfishness now if I'm in community. Because I got people like Pastor Fred and I got people like Terrence. And I got other people that can say, hey, dude, you're going down the wrong path. You're going the wrong way. I can have moments of just sheer laughter and enjoyment when I'm just hanging out with Ryan and we're just laughing at the ridiculousness that life can throw at us sometimes because I've chosen to do life in community. I've chosen to do things together with people and I can know a taste of heaven now. And you know what? That doesn't just enrich my memory and give me moments to say that was awesome then. It enriches me deep in my soul to know that God has, in his eternal plans, networked me and connected me together with other people so that I can know the fullness of his love and grace now. We should do everything we can to be committed to saying, God, I want to know who you are. I want to rest, not just in the sense that, oh, one day it's all going to be over and I get to be in heaven, but I want to rest now. Even in the worst of moments, I know that you've got people around me and I know that you're with me. I want to rest now in my soul that to know, just beyond a shadow of a doubt, that when the worst of situations, I can find a reason for joy. In the best of situations, it pales in comparison to what I will know and experience through you. So Sabbathine has a purpose, Sabbathine has a pace, and Sabbathine is, the Sabbath is a promise. Earlier we said this from this quote, it said, Sabbath is a sign of the hope that we have in the world to come. And I say this because it is a taste of the hope that we have now. Listen, if we're to Sabbath in this way, if we're to Sabbath in the way that we've been talking about today, if the idea of worshiping and praying, if the idea of reading scripture, if the idea of delighting in God's goodness through nature or through whatever else, if that seems like work to you, I'm just telling you, you're not ready for heaven. God wants you to know not just the heaven to come, but he wants you to know the heaven now. He wants you to know the full life that can be found in Christ now. He wants you to know the richness of his grace and his mercy now. Our culture has told us that we're supposed to be busy. Our culture has told us that we're not successful unless we're overworked. Our culture has taught us that unless our kids are doing 6,000 things that we're bad parents. We gotta stop buying into the lie of busyness 
and buy into the promise of rest through Jesus Christ. Believe that God did his work. And he knew that we could not do the work he's asking of us on our own. So he sent his son to do that work for us. And he's saying, listen, you've got work to do. You've got work to do. And if you instill in your heart in a sense of knowing that you can rest in all of that and just knowing that I've sent my Holy Spirit to help you do it and I've given you all the power and strength and knowledge you need to know to do it and ultimately that I'm gonna work everything out. Just rest in that. And then take a day just to rest and to remind and to reflect and just to be encouraged and to be excited about the things that God's doing. We need to protect the day. But I say this, protect it with grace. If we get into a place where we're protecting our Sundays and say, I can't be with people, I can't do this, I'm not gonna do that, and there are things of spiritual disciplines or things that can give us growth in our spiritual walk with God, if we're saying no all to those things because we just need to get away from the other six days, it's gonna put us in a place where we're not living the fullness that God has promised to us. For us as a community, we're creating a day where you, me, and others that God brings into our family, we're gonna have a practical day to rest. It's a day that we need to steward. It's not a day that we need to abuse. If we can trust that God's working in us and he's given us every reason to rest in the work that Christ did on the cross, then we should take that day to remind ourselves of his goodness and remind us that he is ours. That he's our God, that he's our father, that he's our lover, that he's our, our provider, that he's our healer, and that we look to him with faith and grace. And so I'm not gonna end in a worship song, so give you this last day off here, Chris, on that. I just wanted us to make sure that we're just going through and we're saying, hey, I want to guard my heart in this. Because the last thing we want to do is move to get away from work, right? But we definitely don't want to move and say, okay, great, we're going to reach people. But then in doing that and having a a, a thing that we're talking about, which is rest and, and all that stuff, and we're not doing it well. Or we do it in a way that could spiritually harm ourselves. Or it's unproductive, what I'm saying is, you're gonna find your pattern, you're gonna find your way to do it for you and your family. It's gonna be different for everybody. And we can't look at anybody else and say, well, they don't do it the right way, right? There's gonna be things that we can talk and encouraging in and say, hey, listen, you're not doing this or this, right? So that's part of community, that's part of relationship that we can help correct each other and encourage each other in that. But this thing, this idea of resting, this idea of sabbathing. It's not just so we can have a day off so we can just shut down mentally and emotionally and do nothing. It's a day so that we can be charged, energized, invigorated to do the work that God has for us. We've got to steward that. We've got to protect that. We've got to set ourselves up for that. Father, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you, Father, that you're giving us opportunity We thank you, Lord, that you've entrusted us with a message that is countercultural. It's a message that says you can trust in God way more than you can trust in yourself. It's a message that our work can only do so much. 
but our faith in you can do so much more. God, we thank you that you've entrusted that with us. We thank you that you're allowing us and helping us to step into a place that's gonna be life-giving for so many of us. There are families in this room today that they're gonna have for the first time in a long time a day where they get to be a family. Build traditions, make memories. There's gonna be so many of us, this is gonna be new territory. This is gonna be a new, new place for us. Wherever we are, help us to steward this. You're entrusting this gift of rest to us. Not so that we can just collapse and remove ourselves from the insanity and the busyness and the worry of this world. You're giving us this day to remind us how small those things are. To reveal to us how big you are. To show us your beauty and to show us your glory. God, to charge our souls to do the work you've called us to do. So God, I pray as we step into this new day, God, that this church be a church that is rested because it's a church that is rooted in the truth and the reality that you and your son finished the work of redemption. You finished your work and saw that it was good and that your will is being worked out. That your Holy Spirit is present in our lives as a sign, as a signal that you have called us and chosen us. And that through your Holy Spirit, you empower us to live this life for your glory. So God, help us. Help us to be ready. I believe that as we step into this, you're preparing even bigger things that you're calling us to do. This day of rest is to not give us a break from the things we've done. It's to ready us for the things you're calling us to. And God, help us to step into those with excitement and faith because we know who you are and we know what you've done. Lord, we love you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. See you guys back next week. Don't forget, it's a pool party. Come ready to party and have a good day.